Hi! Oh! It's a very hot day in Full Bleed HQ. Yeah. Um, so we have the window open. Apologies if you hear any noisy birds. Pigeons. <laughs> yep. Um, and welcome. Yeah. Who are we, Hamish? Well, I assume I'm Hamish. Um, <laughs> Steel. Uh, comic boy and um, alligator enthusiast. Yeah. Uh, I am Melissa Trender, or Mel, um, tired comic book maker. I think that's a good tag for me. And this is what we haven't come up with the term for. We've got three types of episodes. We're kind of doing the interviews, like book clubby ones, and uh, this third kind, which I started calling process. But that was confusing. So this is a making episode. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of talking about everything, everything that everybody has to go through to make a comic. Well, yeah. like art, I guess, but specifically comics. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure comic uh, podcasts like this exist. Well, now we're going to be interviewing like writers and stuff, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just anything that involves being sat alone at your desk, questioning your life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is actually the main reason I think we wanted to do the podcast because I'm sure podcasts like this exist but uh, they do. I've listened to them. yeah I think um, more often than not stuff like book clubs and interviews are kind of how comics are reported on and I quite like the idea of people who make comics talking about how that is horrible <laughs> but also the only choice yeah we can't give that up um, but before then, how have you been? Yeah, I've been good. Um, some pretty major changes in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I am uh, undergoing a tattoo apprenticeship at the mm -hmm. moment, which is amazing fun, um, but a lot of hard work. I'm getting home at like 10 o'clock at night every day. Um, mm. But it's worth it. It's really cool. Since we last did a podcast, you have also gained a quite significant tattoo. <laughs> yeah, um, it's part of the package. It's a very good one. It made me ill for a very long time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's me. Like, I'm like, one of the things that I think lends itself to doing comics is having this ability to massively hyper-focus yourself on stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's currently what I'm doing, is all my brain wants to do forever is stay behind at work for two hours, three hours, and practice, practice, practice. And I think that's like, I don't know, what do you think? I think that's a major factor into the kinds of people that actually end up doing comics, is people that just obsess over stuff. Yeah, and something you said that I found very interesting as someone who's never actually been inside a tattoo parlour mm. was that it's not that common, at least in your experience, for people to go from art to tattoo art. Mm. In this, in the, I'm generalising massively here, but it seems like people have the passion for tattoos and learn their craft through that method. Yeah. And that the people you're working with, it's kind of an interesting perspective that you're coming from. Well, like, so, um, my boss, like, when he sees the stuff that I'm creating, he's really pleased with it, which is amazing, but he, like, will often comment, comment 
well, guess which one of us went to art school. Like, they're all, all of them are fantastic artists, and uh, all of them have, like, great drawing skills, but none of them came to art in any kind of, like, um, formal educational way, mm. um, which I think... I don't know. I'm not going to speak with any authority about the tattooing <laughs> world. Yeah. Um, but I think that tends to kind of be... You want to tattoo more than you want to create art. I don't know. Whatever. So that's me. How have you been doing, Hamish? Um, since we... Because we recorded our first episode a little while ago, um, from between then and now, I drew a whole graphic novel. Yeah. <laughs> um due to um, some kind of poor management on almost entirely my uh, side of things um, I didn't have very long to draw a sort of 280 page full colour you're a fucking god (laughs) and like I hate I I don't want to talk about this in any kind of like yeah well you just can't handle the crunch kind of way because it wasn't fun and I didn't enjoy it you were having yeah, I um, uh, lots of life things happened during the process that I didn't get any time to process. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, my choices. I could have. I had this desire, like, I had this need for it to come out this year. If I had said anything, it would have been fine. Um, but I'm really pleased with it. Uh, I it comes out in November, and um. I'm going to get my, like, first print copies later this month. That's going to be is... so exciting. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm really excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was hard, and I'm starting another one soon, but I'm, like, really putting in the kind of safety nets and uh, being a lot more careful this time. Yeah. Because, like, the bad thing to do is to plan something with the case that well, let's just hope nothing goes wrong. You should always assume everything will go wrong. Everything will go wrong. Everything will take twice as long as you think it will. Mm-hmm. And because you think it'll take twice as long, it'll take twice as long as that. <laughs> I have to remind myself that colouring isn't the like fun thing you do at the end, which you don't need to think about at all. Uh... And actually it's the thing that takes up most of my time and most of my energy because I don't enjoy it as much. Yeah, I I remember the first time I found out that flats artists exist, Mm -hmm. and I was like, well, shit. I think it was um, uh, Brian Leon Bally talking about it, like how he'd just send off his pages and someone would fill in the Mm. flats. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, that (laughs) that makes sense that, that a professional comic artist could put out content regularly because they're not doing their flats again i wonder if that's another like uh, we we've briefly in some ways complimented art school when talking about your let's let's uh, counter it and put in the balance that we like to do which is that <laughs> when we were making animated films we had to do literally everything like we didn't have the budget or anything we, we never had any budget yeah so we would have to do all the like everything well it was in like yeah it was proper indie like yeah indie comics are the same thing like there's well yeah that's what i'm saying like it actually when you go out into the world and realize that 
like letterers are a job and inkers and pencilers and all that stuff are jobs layouts a job yeah for all the job training that we got at university they didn't tell us anything about actual jobs you could get in the animation industry you're not going to be in a, a cartoon director yeah so then you don't matter <laughs> yeah so i'm i keep ask i keep trying to pitch books with a like and i really want to work on a team i only want to do this amount but i haven't really made it there yet but i'm very excited to collaborate in the future somehow because i can't keep doing all these books on my own yeah <sighs> Yeah, it's a lot of work. But last time we really hung out, we went on a very indulgent, we've both been paid comic day. Oh, good. I had a bunch of birthday money and Mm -hmm. you just been paid. And like, I hadn't done it. I hadn't done that in a really, really long time. It was the first time we both, we went out and we just went out around in central London to every comic book shop that we liked and knew Mm. about that we could get to within 10 minutes of each other so that was like gosh orbital forbidden planet that was it we were tired by then yeah yeah um and yeah like i spent a lot of money (laughs) yeah i mean i go into these shops quite a lot like on the way to things or like oh i'm in i'll check in and so any you've done some launching in um, orbital haven't you Yes, I had a book launch in Orbital and Gosh. Yes, oh. but they knew your name in Orbital. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the um, but like to go into to go to these shops with the sole purpose of like I am going to spend money. I'm gonna come back with a heavy bag of books. Yeah. I'm gonna pick up lots of things I've seen, but I've like I'm an art about. I also think the reason I had a great time and the reason I haven't done something like this in a really long time was because also um uh so i used to work on a comic called brigantia with chris mole uh, but i just handed over the responsibilities of doing that to another artist harriet who's very good um so i've stopped doing brigantia Brigantia now um and i think whilst i was in the middle of having to do this big comic and i've been doing it for like on and off over four years basically um i just I couldn't go in a comic shop without feeling this crushing sense of why why isn't this you? Why isn't this you? Why isn't your stuff up there? Like, mm. you know, I'd, I'd look at comic books I wanted to buy and read, but I couldn't do it because I'd be like, well, why isn't your art like that? Why do you like the art? You've locked yourself into the art style that Brianti's in and you can't change it. And it would just make me feel like really anxious and sick which is really sad but like yeah one of the reasons why i stopped doing brigantia was because doing having that amount of pressure working on comics that aren't the sole focus of what i want to do want to be doing with my artistic career as well was making me quite ill i think Mm. um so it was really fun to come with fresh enthusiasm actually to, to some comics yeah and as we have joked about in the past our piles were very uh large large but i, I was gonna say you could tell whose was what yes yeah um yeah. and <laughs> uh it was funny at times when we would both just like reach for one book and see what the other was reaching for and laugh 
Yeah, and also like you know, picking up books and suggesting them for the other person. Mm. Because um, uh, I get that, I I get a little bit like that at comic conventions where, as fun as it is, and like it's nice to sell your stuff and talk to people about your stuff, I'm I still have to deal with like envy or like imposter syndrome. Yeah. And um, how whenever you see someone else's table at work, you're not seeing all of the, like... The hours. Yeah, the blood, sweat and tears they've put into that. Yeah. And how much they're, like... Looking at your table and yes. the exact same thing. So, um, I think I'd like to do that again, but when we have finished reading what we've got and maybe yeah. have a, have replenished our money stocks... What have you been reading out of the stuff that you bought? Well... I <laughs> um, read. Uh, I started reading a manga. So that okay. So I I picked up a lot of books that I've been meaning to that I'd like save for this day. Yeah. And I we went into the manga section, which I'll be honest. I I le- I read mostly. Um, I call entry-level stuff like i really love the pokemon manga i read a lot of jinji ito and like a few things here and there but that's it and what did you think of the manga you bought because i am going to make the statement that i think the standout purchases of our comic day were the manga that we bought yeah yeah because i didn't go intending to buy manga and that not in like a i just don't know where to start well, the thing is, with manga, I used to read a lot of manga as a um, teenager, and I think actually, like, manga was... That and Sandman were my first comics, like mm. Tokyo Mew Mew, um, like a bunch of manga. And I think there was a lot of pressure from outside, and I think actually the art art Twitter has been talking about this a lot, um, a lot of racism involved in... Um, seeing manga as lesser or not a higher yeah. version of, or lower brow version of graphic novels. I mean, art school. <laughs> yeah. <Ugh. laughs> um, so yeah, I really feel like there's, there was this pressure, like my dad would say stuff like, why don't you draw something more realistic when I used to draw my manga stuff? Um, and you know, superhero comics then became a more natural um progression for me to make if i wanted to be i'm doing air quotes taken seriously mm. um so this like uh i bought witch hat atelier by kamome hirahama i'm sorry um and yeah it was the first manga i bought in ages and i fucking loved it mm. what did you buy uh, I bought Dead Dead Demons DDD Destruction Volume 1 by uh, Inoue Asano, who's more famous for... I've not read it. The Pum Pum. Pum Pum. Pum Pum. And, like, honestly, I'd never heard of it. I'd never read... I haven't read that other work. I saw... It has, like, a really bold cover of just, like, a character's face and a colour. Um, and I read the, like, description, and I did, like, a nervous 
tweet to say like has anyone read this because i i need to get more into the like mindset of just i like this and i'm gonna buy this you need to channel doll margaret <laughs> you need to see a book and recognize it as a book for you and mm. ignore the bad reviews buy it read it and love it yes <laughs> i i i haven't finished this um i got a bit distracted uh, and I might, when I come back to read it, I might start it again, um, just to, like, get back into the characters, because this has a lot of characters, and a lot of, like, uh, yeah, it's, a, I'm, I'm finding it really, like, enjoyable, um, in short, the, like, the, the setup is, uh, that a giant, horrifying spaceship flying saucer is hovering above Tokyo, and it has been for a while. And so people have kind of gone past the shock and are now just, like, going to school and, like, hearing in the background the news about, like, efforts to sort of get inside it and things like that. So it's really enjoyable. Um, and I don't know, it, it's just such a shock to me to just pick up a book I've never seen before and be reading it that same day and yeah. I need to do that more I think because I do that at conventions when yeah. I'm like going through small press stuff I think I just if it's on a bookshelf I need to like if I haven't already like read 500 reviews about it what's the point mm. and that's bad um yeah I'm, I'm really glad you enjoyed it it's really nice to just like pick stuff up and like find new art well, one of the other things that does stop me from buying manga is, like, I bought the first volumes of One Punch Man and Jojo, and then I go to the store to get the second volume and then see that, like, ten shelves are needed to fit this whole thing. Yeah, no and one's got space for that. We live in London. <laughs> I know, and, like, as I should get into the, like, mindset of, like, reading things and letting them go. Can't do it. No, but also, also no, because... Those books I will I will use for reference. You know? Yes, that's what I always think. Yeah, um, and I never do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I I sometimes like to know how what the commitment level is. Like I need a I need a manga to end for me to know because I don't really want to drop stuff off, but I will. I don't know. So yeah, I'm enjoying this for now, mostly because the volumes are quite slim. <laughs> Jojo's are like dense hardbacks, and I was like, I'm 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 good. Yeah. Um, so I bought Witch Hat, which was just, I bought it based on straight, like opened it, saw the art and was like, yeah, this is for me. Um, and, um, annoyingly I thought that I would buy it and there'd be a bike 10 already on the shelves, but this is volume one and volume two is, uh, just been released five days ago <laughs> and volume three is scheduled to be released in August and four in November. So I'm like probably gonna have to follow a manga now <laughs> well, it's worth it it's gorgeous you can actually do that like three for two deal yeah the last time um and i also picked up um mike mignola's um hellboy uh the compilation like issue version one issue one of the compilation collections mm. um and uh made my way through that really quickly just loved it um something i used to hate mignola's art so much 
Uh, I used to hate Gabriella Barr's art as well. Um, and it's really nice um, picking up a book now and being like, oh, I get this. Like, mm. I get this now. Like, it's not the kind of art that I... I don't want to use the word understand because that sounds really... I don't know. What, what word is appropriate for that? Um, it just wasn't for me when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah, um, yeah. And now I look at it and I'm like, this is some of the most sublime shit. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's a nice little, like, oh, little grow up for Mel getting better. I think it's quite easy to look at Laura's art and only see the, like, minimalism of it when you're just starting to learn to well just starting to learn how to do comics and you want to draw every single detail yeah and you're like well half of this is black and in shadow like and i also think something learning how to reduce stuff to the point where it's exactly what needs to be said slash drawn garlic bread yeah garlic bread and I mean, I know that the uh, the teacher at that point will explain garlic bread. It'll be fine. Yeah, we've explained <laughs> it. We, on the show. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, episodes ago. Uh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so being told garlic bread and learning mm. garlic bread and understanding garlic bread, like, is a process of fucking ten years. Yeah. That's like the most potty shit I've ever said. <laughs> that's the show yeah um that's good growth yeah okay let's actually get into what this episode's about let's not my favorite murder this <laughs> so for um our first making episode we thought we'd start we want i wanted to start as as beginning as possible there's probably yeah. a stage before this that i'm not i'm not aware of uh, but we want to talk about idea generation. Yeah. This is something that terrifies me. Hmm. Well, I mean, like, so there's certain jobs, like, uh, with, you know, lettering and colouring and stuff where... Black magic. Yeah, we'll get onto all of that. So I think this is possibly more of a writery. If you're writing or you're writing and drawing a comic, um, it's essentially just what is your comic going to be? I think it's uh, I think it's also linked a little bit to why you're drawing comics. Yes. Why are you not just writing a book or a screenplay or a TV show? Why are you creating comics? And that's something I think a lot of comic writers should really think about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, I mean, I, I was... <sighs> I was at like a lunch thing and I got introduced to someone as a comic person and they said oh wow I've got this amazing idea we've already storyboarded it as a movie but I think we could just print it as a comic now and I started trying to explain I was trying to be encouraging but I was trying to explain like a storyboard isn't a comic and you if you printed it it would be a very unusual comic and you would have to own it, mm. but it could also feel like a storyboard for a movie and be a bit frustrating because of it. Well, I think there's um, a clear um, through line between storyboarding and making comics. Mm -hmm. um, like, for example, one of the best 
comic resources that I have is Framed Ink. Yeah. Um, and that is a how to storyboard for movies. Um, but it's all about composition. And I think it applies to photography yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, but they're different. Yeah. I mean, totally. I just think, would this person get an idea for a story that he wanted to make it into a movie? Yeah. So if, you're, if your idea is to make a comic is because I couldn't get a movie made out of it valid? Or would you rather someone full whole commit to the like the medium of comics i don't know so like you know jim broadbend wrote <laughs> dollar margaret and a bunch of people came for him in the reviews about the fact that oh it's very clear it's his first um comic and it's very clear that he's an actor not a writer uh, or a comic book writer um but i loved it so i can't i don't hmm. think i can say stick to your lane no 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 um, but i think that there is a clear craft in writing specifically to create a comic um but this is interesting because i don't write comics um and i think that you hamish i would describe you as somebody that wrote comics really mm. if that makes sense because you have whole you know you did dead endia even that though that was also a cartoon, mm-hmm. um, or it, it grew out of a cartoon. Um, I think the way that we come up with ideas for comics is really different. Yeah, and I don't think what I was saying was too critical because I think in our introduction episode I said that I need to sto- have stories to tell, and comics are the like easiest way for me to do that. Yeah, but that's made me fall in love with the medium and I think two I'm not going to say these are the only two but two different ways of creating an idea for a comic is I have a story or I want to make a comic and if they're both if you have if those are both the reasons for creating an idea uh that's good but I think with I mean with you whenever you talk about the ideas for comics you want to make, it's often couldn't work in other mediums and it's about comics. It's about, you always, you talk about the idea of like having to tear a book apart to like progress. One day I'll make that, I'll make that comic. Yeah. But like that, that, that idea of, and, and the comics you have written have often had, you know, you read it one way, then you flip it over and you read it the other way. Yeah. Um, or they're sort of like, part of a whole and I I think I come up with plots and stories and characters that could potentially work in our medium like you say Dead Endia was a it's a multimedia experience (laughs) yeah it was a YouTube short originally um but I didn't like it had a lot of changes in translation I mean like it, it exists as a comic that's its life now yeah um but how do you come up with these ideas God, I don't fucking know. Um, I, um, when we came up with the idea of the episode, I was like, that's a great idea for an episode. But I genuinely, I do think that I am always thinking. Mm. Um, I remember having a chat with my mum once, like when I was a teenager, and she was like, 
what do you think about? And I was like, art or stories. And that was that was an honest answer. I was like, I felt like I always was thinking about stories. And I used to write stories as a kid. Mm. Um, I do that less now, which is a shame. And I do... I think it's mostly because I know very talented writers. Like you, Hamish. Mm. <laughs> but I think... I'm lazy and I want to play to my strengths. So a lot of the time when I come up with an idea for a comic, it's what visual do I find exciting and what visual do I want to explore? Um, I think that's valid idea generation. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we're, if we're going to end this episode with any kind of like list of ways to come up with an idea, I think... What do you enjoy drawing? Is yeah. a perfectly valid one. Yeah. Um, also, I guess I think um, specifically comic wise, I'm like, what is the quickest way of telling this story? So, like, I have um, a series of comics that I really like uh, because I used to doodle mice all the time, mm. um, and I was like, I want to draw a mice. That that's what this comic's going to be, and I think I pretty much um, just made the story up based on different poses I put the mice in and there's no panels it's just a single page is two mice together and then the next page is two mice together and it was reliant on the references that I had to make the mice look realistic um, and until I, you know, I, I made three tiny issues of it and then I stopped because it like I came up with a ending for it mm-hmm. and like I love that comic and that was just like uh, the idea for that was just I want to draw mice all the time. <laughs> I think that's valid. Yeah. And I also think like coming up with endings while doing it is also valid. I often say I always start with an ending. Yeah. Um. Because I like, I feel like endings are your statement. Like, what has this all been about? What has been the point of this? Mm. So I like to sort that out first. Because I think sometimes people can get into a trap of, I've got this amazing world and these amazing characters and I don't really know what happens to them. Yeah. Um, And that can be fun. I think that's my trap. Well, like, it's fun to explore... uh, I mean, so I, one thing that was really useful about Dead End Year as a webcomic was I decided to break it up into chapters because I had done webcomics before and they quickly become quite amorphous and shapeless, especially if you end up trying to print them. And so knowing that every 20 pages the story had to end and I'd take a little break and start the story again into these like little chapter episode type things meant that... I always knew what things were about. Like, even if I didn't know the endings of what's going to happen at the whole end of the comic, um, and often I would come up with ideas, and by the time I got there, it was no longer usable or relevant. Mm. Um, so many stuff, so much stuff has been cut out of the second book that were, like, key visuals I always imagined doing, because by the time I got to that, the plot wasn't about that. Um... But I, I've always had these little, like, chapter things 
and in they are little endings they are little what does this mean about mm. or like and i think that's useful so i do think starting off with like characters and a world is fun but i think a good reason to then actually start drawing is to know where yeah. you're going well it's really interesting because i think a lot of the time when i um uh think of an idea for a comic i actually am left in this really weird void where i'm like shit where the fuck is this going mm. um and i've had that um with uh i had that with sword sort of space gaze too my thumbnails sort of peter out into a <laughs> like a question mark because mm. i know the central concept of what i wanted to do with space gaze too um was a comic about responsibilities and actions you can take based off of a game whatever um i was very into it for a very long time um and i knew the central visual was going to be um these two lives side by side in the same double page spread and i knew how i was going to get to that double page spread yeah but i didn't quite know where i was going to go after that and it i think at the end of it i never finished the comic because i didn't have that what happens next what happens to close it all together and it exists as a as a thing in its own right mm. I mean, to me, that sounds like a good ending. Yeah. I sometimes think if if someone can't come up with an ending, but they know how it starts, or they know the, like, the world and the characters, you, you could make that your ending. Mm. Like, you could make the most exciting bit, like, where we get to, or have it be the start, but we only understand it at the end. Yeah. Um... I mean, you mentioned Space Gaze, and like that's another idea generation tool we use, where we just wanted to see science fiction with gay characters. Yeah. So Space Gaze and just a prompt, and like then whatever you're making, it doesn't need to be, um, you know, the be all and end all of that topic, but it's like something that exists in that hypothetical anthology. Yeah, like the purpose of that comic and the idea driving that comic is that we wanted to just have a queer narrative in it. And yeah. we wanted that comic to exist in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think like coming up with ideas is great, but having the gumption to finish a comic, I think that's something all of us must struggle with. Um, yeah, and I think finishing comics will definitely be another episode. <laughs> We're still in the hopeful, uh, you know, positive idea of, like, anything's possible. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think, like, working, having comic days, so we do, Hamish and I do, it's fairly regular enough in my life, because mm -hmm. we're both hideously busy, comic days where we sit around... Um, in my living room around our table just like making comics together and i find that a really like useful way of getting actual pages done yeah like that came from us doing uh exquisite corpse yeah uh, where you know you draw one panel the next person draws the next the next person draws the next and you end up with hopefully like if there's five people five comic page like pages or that more. was 
great fun um mm. so it was a bunch of us five of us i think um yeah. uh at uni all the spare time in the world <laughs> well, we didn't have any spare time at uni but <laughs> the fact that it felt like more spare time yeah the fact that comics were not even like mentioned on our yeah. illustration animation course yeah. meant that we all had a craving yeah and we just yeah we sit around uh 20 minutes per panel ish mm. Um, and then after 20 minutes, 20 minutes was up, um, pass it to the left and the next panel gets drawn. And I think, um, uh, like some of the shit that we came up with was really funny and some of the stuff was really random and some of the stuff was, um, stuff that I actually made comics about after the fact, um, because they, we made really interesting short single page comics that like told a story because when you're passing around you've got about five panels to tell a story um and very like improv rules of like yes and and like run with it and yeah. uh there was a few comics which ended you know panel two everything explodes and everything's dead a lot but, of then, those. Like, <laughs> but then like the third person has to deal with that yeah. and like the fourth person has to deal with that um so it's very good things and also it was really encouraging because we like had a mix of comic obsessives and people who hadn't read comics yeah people were just grounded in illustration as well um and so then that sort of led into us wanting to do like 24-hour comic days um which we did when we lived together that was great fun um our landlord decided for like his yearly visit to be the morning like 24 hours in uh pizza and like like curry boxes and like i think marie was literally asleep in the beanbag in the kitchen (laughs) yeah when we came in all our laptops all not sleeping we're like why are you here (laughs) this does not represent us um that was funny and like but just those forcing yourself to like i am going somewhere and i'm bringing my like pencils and paper and computer and when I leave, I have to have had some kind of comic, like, thing done. Um, I think that's kind of where Crab came from, yeah. which is a comic I'm trying to finish at the moment, which is, like, I want, I've, I've drawn a funny picture of a crab, and I want to, like, make a story about it now, and I have to, because I'm going on comic day. Yeah. Um, I think I need to really practice reining myself in because I will, I, I will have an idea, um, and I'll be like, okay, great, 30, 32 pages. And I'm like, I need to understand that it's acceptable to just do what you find interesting in the story mm-hmm. and leave it at that. Because I think that would mean I finished a lot of comics, a lot more comics. Yeah. One of the things I need to... Uh no is to stop adding characters <laughs> um i sometimes i do end up a lot oftentimes with characters who exist just to be that character uh and aren't related to the theme or the story and like you say not everything has to do be a 32 minute minute uh, page comic um i'm trying to think like some people just publish their comics just as like little twitter threads yeah. And it's just like eight pages and it's really satisfying. Um, it doesn't need to be... I mean, the kind of joke 
is that like oh i have this idea for a character and then me five minutes later like this is the trilogy of books and also the like prequel spin-off and also these like other spin-offs on these two characters you have no chill though <laughs> like what did it take like five seconds for you to go from um cock sucking crock rocks <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> this is this hilarious joke to here's my pitch yeah <laughs> um but I think that's, I mean, that's the reason that you are publishing comics, though. Also, um, I'm like a white man who, like, I don't know, I feel like quite often I'm, I mean, this is all imposter syndrome, again, yeah. it's just like, I don't quite know the reasons why people let me print my bill. Yeah. Uh... Other than, like, I I mean, I sometimes get very embarrassed by my, like, glasses and beard and stripy shirt because I'm just like, yeah, that's a comic person. He's supposed <laughs> to be, he's supposed to be given comics. Um, but that's my mental health and, like, imposter syndrome, not idea generation. I think there's a, you know, we can't pretend that sexism doesn't exist in, well, sexism and racism doesn't exist in the comic industry as it does in all industries. Um, but there's also got to be thought follow through. Mm. And you do that. You killed yourself for three months to make a graphic novel in between episode two of this podcast and episode <laughs> four, I think we are now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, again, like, maybe idea generation does come from, like, being given a deadline, being given, like, an opportunity of, like, well, if you had to make a comic in this amount of time, what would you make? Yeah. Um, part of my problem has been that uh, Pantheon and Dead Endia are very similar in terms of like thickness mm. but are entirely different like processes like pantheon is meant to look quite quick and simple in its art um but a lot more time goes into like research of like the mythology i'm doing yeah you got proper deep in that shit <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to get deep into norse at the moment um but like Dead Endia, like, there's usually double or more the amount of panels per page in Dead Endia. The characters are more detailed a little bit, and the world is a bit more detailed and things like that. So it's like, I don't know why I'm talking about finishing comics at the moment, but like, ideas, I mean, actually, let's let's go on to Pantheon. Like, an idea was, I read a Wikipedia page of a funny story from history or mythology, um, I really want to make a book about Alexander the Great based on just, like, some facts I've never seen said about uh, him. So, like, this is all part of the same umbrella of ideas where you read something and you want to either show the world the thing that you've read or you read something that made you so cross you want to fix it yeah. and then that spirals into, like... It's similar to Space Gaze, where, like, we want to read science fiction or gay characters. You see something that either you want to fix or a gap that you, you want to fill. fill yeah. Like, when you go to a comic book shop, what is the comic you're looking for? That's a reason to make one. Yeah. Yeah, I want 
like tie it all in a little, little bow of like advice. I think we need to do a finishing comics episode because that's what yeah, we really that's wanted. That's what we're just talking about today. Um, but like, I feel like a is it is it too sugary to say no idea is a bad idea? Um, you'd be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of ideas that are bad ideas. That's true. Um, uh, that's that's me being salty. A thoughtful idea, a considered idea, mm. is a good idea. I think what I meant was... If you have an idea that you really care about and you want to make a comic about it, I wouldn't necessarily... Like, one... I see people say, like, oh, well, that's already been done, or there's too much of that. And I think that's when you start thinking about, well, what does your version bring to the table? Yeah. I mean, a bit of advice I've always been given was, like, you could give 100 people the same brief of, like, it's about a cat in space and it has a gun that shoots licorice or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and you would get 100 different comics. Yeah. And, like, I think that's what I'm trying to say. Like, yes, there's bad ideas. There's things there's way too much of. But... I kind of admire anyone that's trying to make comics. Yeah, go for it. Do it. Try not to be sexist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then fully expect there to be lots of criticism. Yeah, that's and... that's why I want to push back on the no idea is a bad idea, because <sighs> that's a lot of bad some ideas. ideas are bad. Yeah, I just... Maybe we need to do how to come up with good ideas. Uh, <laughs> to come up I with don't. That, that would be claiming that we have good ideas. No. I think um, if anyone is looking for help generating ideas, um, friends are really good for that. Yeah. Um, uh, especially arty friends. Like Hamish is invaluable to me um, in generating ideas. As are you um, to yeah. me. Um, I think finding... If you're lucky enough to find somebody special that you trust to bounce ideas off of, that's really good. Um, but if you're on your own, like, what do you like? What is exciting for you? And if you're making comics, what can you stomach drawing <laughs> again and again for any period of time? I think that's the important things, because you're drawing that shit a lot. That's true. Like, I wanted to really do it. I love kaiju, and I really wanted to do a kaiju thing. And then the thought of drawing building after building after building crumbling down just like scratch that off my list. Like that's, that's <laughs> nope. one that's one to write maybe. We'll talk about perspective at some point. <laughs> yes. Um, um definitely I think there's a, a tendency I feel of keeping your ideas to yourself and hiding them away. Yeah. No, don't do that. Uh thinking that you're only gonna have these ideas and you're never gonna have anyone other again and that you've gotta make sure this is right. I think just do them and share them and talk about them with people that you trust is very helpful because I feel like there's a lot of people who are just like oh, I've got this idea but like I've got to wait until I'm ready but you'll never be ready yeah like some of the some of the comics that I'm most proud of are the comics I did when I was like fucking 22 mm -hmm. I am 29 I'm not 29, I'm 28. <laughs> um, I forgot how old I was um, a few months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like, yeah, just do it. Go out and do it. It's great. 
You've been listening to Full Bleed. You can follow us on Twitter at Full Bleed Pod, where you'll also find our individual accounts. Thanks for listening.